I'm Justin Sorvillo, and welcome to the Rough Day in Showbiz podcast, the podcast where entertainment professionals tell their bad day at work stories. Today, we have a spectacular, spectacular guest. <laughs> she is a Renaissance woman, and her name is Sophia Rose. Now, Sophia is a writer, producer, editor, actress, casting person, YouTuber, comedian, singer, musician, songwriter. She recently wrote and acted in the festival-going horror short film Play Day, which you can now watch on Amazon. She also produced three music videos for her current music EP entitled Eat Me Hollywood, on which she wrote, produced, and sang the songs. She also just released three other additional singles, and all of this is available on Apple Music. It's a badass album, also, if I do say so myself. Thank you, thank you. You're welcome. She is also very funny and releases frequent vlogs on her YouTube channel, Pretty Weird Blonde. And she also acts <laughs> and, <laughs> and recently had a supporting role in the feature film Charlie Says, which features Matt Smith, a.k.a. Doctor Who, as Charles Manson and Merritt Weaver, who just won an Emmy. And that film is coming soon to theaters. And I mentioned it because I feel like a lot of people don't know about that. It's coming. It's coming. So, so let me start by saying I paid him to say all of that. So thank you so much, Justin. You're great. You're welcome. You're welcome. Just send me a check. <laughs> but thank you for that. I love the title Renaissance Woman. I've never introduced myself as that before. But I love it. And yeah, I just love creating. So got to do it all. You certainly do. And you're great at it. Thank you. Um, yeah, I appreciate that. that. Um, even the, the the album. I mean, I listen to the singles. I listen to everything. I mean, um, yeah, that's like a whole other thing. Your music. It's a it's whole other thing. <laughs> um, it is. Yeah, music. Music actually was in my blood before acting. Um, my dad's best friend growing up before he passed was John Denver. So I grew up backstage. I grew up with like numerous guitars everywhere all the time. Um, and I didn't quite take it seriously. I, I like my dad wanted to teach me and John was always there and I always had music around me. But I was like, no, because I had it so accessible. I was like, fuck that. Um, and then I was a junior in college when I started playing for the first time and realized that I was really good at writing songs. And so songwriting kind of became like my secret guilty pleasure. And uh, that's actually why I moved out to L.A. because I was working as a freelance songwriter, lyricist out here. And then I discovered acting and the rest is history. But music is still the one thing that makes me happiest and I'll do it forever. What would you say is your daily routine when you're working on projects, um, when you wake up in the morning? Like what is the thing you're thinking? Oh, I've got to get that done. So I'm fortunate enough right now where I am fully working for myself as far as our production company, Boss Media Group. So my everyday routine is challenging because I have to force myself. I have to force myself into treating my craft like a job and not just some creative expression that I enjoy doing every day. Um, 
as far as my routine goes and what I've learned gives me results, obviously, is consistency. So when I wake up in the morning after I've done my, I have like my own personal little like, let's face the day routine and that's separate from my work. Um, The first thing that I do in the morning is my workout and my meditation and everything I need to do to like be a happy person for the rest of the day and get my demons out. Once I've got my demons out and I can face the day, my routine with my craft and my creativity and my art is I force myself to write every day for two hours. So whether that's the very first thing that I do in the day or whether I do it later, my overall routine for the day consists of writing for two hours. And it sounds easier said than done um, because sometimes I just don't want to freaking write. Sometimes I just don't want to do it and the stories aren't coming out and there's one word on the page, but I will set the timer and I will make myself do it. And it's kind of like running on a treadmill where you're like, I got to fucking do it. But then you feel better when you're done with it. Um, so I write for two hours every day. I do an hour of vocal exercises every day. I do an hour of acting for me when I'm not in class by myself. What I do is, uh, teach myself from other resources like masterclass. Like I'll sit down for an hour and I'll make sure that I'm practicing my acting skills in some way for an hour every day. Um, my acting, my singing, my writing, and then um, learning as much as I can from my partner, which is Gregory, who is Gregory, production-wise, because he is really the person who has taught me everything that I know as far as that. So every day I'll sit with him. We'll hash out what projects we're working on, what needs to be done for production, how I can improve as a creator, how I can improve as a producer. Um, And those are the things that I would say in my routine are like, my habitual, what I force myself to do every single day. And if I haven't done it by the time I'm ready to go to bed, like I'm not going to bed until it's done. My brain just won't shut down until I'm done doing the check marks of the voice, the writing, the producing, and the acting. Once those are done, or once I feel like I've gotten a grasp on that for my routine, I'm doing the work that needs to be done for our project at the time, which is usually editing. Um... Editing is something I adore and despise at the same time because I can sit down and piece a story together and it's up to me to piece it together and it's exhilarating. And when the pieces start to fit, it's fucking awesome. Wait, am I allowed to swear? Yes. <laughs> Good. I do. Uh, <laughs> um, but I also despise it because... I'm most happiest when I'm outside in nature. And so when I'm sitting in front of a screen for eight hours in a small dark room, I start to lose my mind a little bit. Um, But yeah, I guess my whole point to that was what I do every day in my routine is is fortunately enough like what I have to do for my job. So I'm really, really lucky. Um, For years, I held probably four or five jobs at a time. So I would have to do all those things like, oh, I have to get my acting in today and I have to get my writing in today while working a thousand other jobs. And that that's really a test of character when you're a creator and a performer and you're not in a position where you get to do what you love and you're paid for it and you have to do a million things you don't want to do and then still force yourself to do the things that keep your craft in line. Um, those are some very challenging times in my life. But... I'm past that. I'm finally in a really good um, place with my career where I actively get to create every single day, which is awesome. 
And I will say if I don't keep up with those things in my routine and I don't keep up with the hour of acting, the hour of voice, the whatever writing, I completely notice a difference. I will fall off track. I will get into a dark place as a creator where I'm like, what the fuck am I doing with my life? Um, So any tips I could give to people would just be set a goal for yourself and check it off every single day. And you're not going to enjoy it 50% of the time. It's going to feel like a chore, (laughs) but that's, that's what it is. You know, that's how you get better. So, oh man, I could not have asked for a better answer to that question. <laughs> you, you're... Well, once I start talking, it don't stop. So you have to shut me up. No, no, I'm not going to. Um, but no. yeah, my my routine is is forcing myself to to be creative. I think that's the thing: forcing yourself to be creative, even when you do not feel creative. Wow, does that make sense? Oh, big time! Yeah, yeah. it's so hard to write. It is, <laughs> and and even act. I love that what you said about acting. Like even just watching masterclass. Yeah, I mean, you can, we live in it, we live, speaking of renaissance woman, (laughs) we live in a, in a, we're coming into a renaissance in the film industry and, and we have so many tools at our disposal that, you know, if you can't make it to an acting class, then go on YouTube and type in what you want to learn. You don't have to type in like how to be the best actor, type in like how to have the best, um, eyeline on camera, like type in, try, try and find really small details of the industry that you might not be learning in class that you can learn from from the deep dark web you know there's so many tools out there um there's really no excuse anymore for you to not be learning as much as you can wow um you know what's also interesting to me is that you are stimulating yourself creatively and then editing Mm. you know you're doing that with the writing and the acting and you're kind of in this very free state of mind. And then that's when you sort of do the work, Mm -hmm. but that makes, that's brilliant. I mean, I I never even would have thought of that, you know? Yeah. You kind of really have to, I mean, I say you as a general you, but for me, um, what works best for me is breaking up my day between right and left brain activity. Hmm. So if I am spending an hour or two hours singing or doing music or something where I'm super, super right brain, which is creative, Um, then it's easier for me to get my left brain work done, which is the logical, which is the actual pen to paper work. And I have to kind of mix it up throughout the day. I have to do like an hour of creative. Okay, but now I'm going to focus in and do the production and figure out our budget. But then I'm going to go back to that. And it just kind of breaks up the day better. Um, Obviously, you know, variety. Yeah, no, I was going to say it's like a perfect circle. It's like a perfect balance. Yeah. I yeah. never even think like that. Like, oh, maybe I because I don't like I don't like the more um, sort of budget activities having mm-hmm. to do the more. Yeah. So sucks. Yeah. I never I think I'll do that now. Like I'm going to do something fun and creative and then I'll get to this more administrative right. stuff. Right. It's almost like um, you can treat it almost like a treat. Like for me, yeah, giving myself an hour to sit down and write a song is like my little treat for the day mm. in that moment because it, it makes me so happy to like sit down and write music. But then I'm like, okay, so like almost like I'm talking to myself as a little kid. I'm like, you just got the best treat ever. You got your big Sunday and now you got to go do a little bit of work for a little bit of time because that's the trade off here. But then if you do your work, you get another treat, you know, <laughs> like so... 
you kind of have so to. I am so like that. <laughs> yeah, you give yourself incentives. And one thing I would say to you and all other creators, because it's a challenge I face with myself too, is um, in those moments when you really don't want to, if 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 you're sitting down to write and you really don't want to write in that moment, then don't write in that moment and go do something else, but make sure you come back to it. You know, you don't have to force yourself to do these things every day as if you're in solitary confinement and you you have no choice. You have a choice. If you're not feeling it in the moment, then don't do it and find something else, but make sure that you honor your obligation with yourself and go back to it. So it doesn't have to be doesn't have to be a miserable process. I have started a dialogue with myself where I'm like constantly talking out loud to myself like a third person. <laughs> So whatever I'm feeling, I'm like, okay, Sophia, so you feel this way right now. That's okay. I totally honor that. We're going to do the, we're going to go do this, but then we're going to come back to this. Like I said, like a little kid, um, I'm losing my mind, but it's fun. <laughs> it's fun. I think that's a good idea. Uh, Cause you get a lot of shit done. Yeah. And I think, you know, I'm sitting here wondering how do you do all these different things? That's how you do it. Yeah. And I, you do great stuff. So ultimately, um, I'm going to do all of what you say because <laughs> I want to get a lot of shit done too. <laughs> I mean, it's hard and you don't, you know, I don't want to ever sell the message that I'm like a fucking powerhouse 24 seven because I do have moments and I do have days where I really, really am not in a good place and don't feel like I would create good work. And it's, it's those days where I'm like, okay, so if I check in and I'm like, what, what would make you feel good today? Mm. Is it watching a movie? Is it sitting down right now and kind of relaxing? Um, so I, you have to check in with yourself at the same time. You can you definitely push yourself, but make sure that you're honoring yourself at the same time. And I'll make you feel better when you work, which will yeah. make the work better, right? Mm -hmm. Essentially. And it's really, it's really like exercising. You don't want to do it, but then when you're done, you feel better. So... If you can approach your craft in the same way, like you might not want to sit down and write for an hour, but you will feel so much better when you're done with it. What are some daily challenges that you face? Okay. Um, this first challenge, which I think is the biggest challenge that I go through, and I'm sure every other creator goes through this, but my biggest challenge every day is reminding myself that I'm on my own path and everyone is on their own path and not getting so caught up in the world of, well, look what role she just got and I work harder than her and look what's happening with them and I'm over here doing, you know, I'm constantly finding my ego compare what I'm doing with everyone else and then I get caught up in like, well, is any of this work even going to matter? Because I don't have the uncle at CAA like she does. And, you know, and so I get I get caught up. My biggest challenge every day is my ego and having to talk my ego out of a bad or negative or pessimistic place. Because I think as creators, all we want to do is do what we love. And all we want to do is show the world like the art that we have inside of us. But when we're living in a time when social media is becoming the end all measure of power and success, I think for us, quote unquote, true artists, it gets hard because all we want to do is 
is what we're good at and our craft, but then we're seeing outside of us that now all of a sudden we have to have 500,000 followers to get that audition. And we have to put on this image and this persona in order to be taken seriously. And these social media people are being backed by these huge agencies and these huge labels and these huge teams. And you get caught up in like the, well, like, what the fuck? I don't want to play that game. And then you spiral down a negative spiral um, of the what ifs and the why not me's and the woes are me or woe are me's. Um, and so that's that's my biggest challenge every day is talking myself out of that place and reminding myself that I'm doing what I'm doing because it means something to me. And eventually it will mean something to the world. And if it doesn't, what the fuck ever. I'm doing something that means something to me and I don't need to measure my path against anyone else's path. Um, so that to me is more challenging than having to sit down and do budgets for four hours because I'm at war with myself and we're at war with ourselves as creators. And it's a really tough pill to swallow. Do you have any crazy showbiz? (laughs) Do you have any? Where do I begin? Do you have any showbiz stories? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) I'll talk about a crazy story that happened to me when I was in a position of being a writer, producer, and actress. Ah. Uh, It was actually Play Day. And so Play Day, we had had the special effects. We had the graphics. Um, We also had prosthetics because Mm -hmm. my character, you know, I'm an interdimensional being, demon, whatever you want to call it. And so when I was writing this, I was like, you know, I can't appear from a different dimension and have clothes on. It just wouldn't make sense. So I have to be naked because I'm a being from another dimension. Like I just have to, I have to be raw. And so in that sense, I was like, well, I am coming from another dimension and I am going to be naked. So I don't want any body parts. I want to make that be what sets me, what makes me different as a species coming from this other dimension. Mm. So I, we had to get prosthetics for my nipples, my belly button, and my vagina to make sure that, you know, come filming day, I had all the prosthetics to cover those body parts and make it look like I was kind of this human, but not quite human. Mm-hmm. Um, so ahead of time, you know, we, we tracked down who we thought was the best in the business for prosthetics and all that stuff. And uh, (laughs) for, you know, weeks in advance, I I had to go to the makeup prosthetic artist and he had to make molds of my boobs, my belly button and my vagina because he had to make custom prosthetics for shoot day to cover all the body parts. Does that make sense? Yes. So he made like, he was putting fucking like cement up my vagina to like (laughs) make the mold of it. It was the most weird experience when when that was happening. But anyways, so on shoot day, we make the molds, you know, everything's ready. On shoot day, he told us to prepare at least like three or four hours for me getting the prosthetics on. So we're putting the prosthetics on like it's game day. It's we're leading up to the scene where I'm like, and I'm like, do you see this? I'm like, for all those listeners out there, I'm grabbing my boobs. I didn't even know it. Okay, back to the story. So we're ready to, we're getting ready to shoot the scene where the being, the being is going to appear. And he puts on the prosthetics and he made some miscalculations in the molds 
and the prosthetic for my vagina ended up being so thick that when I stood up, it it layered like a penis. So I'm just going to like paint a visual. So <laughs> he made a prosthetic for my vagina that was just supposed to go over my vagina and make it look like I had nothing there. No clit, nothing. And he made the prosthetic too thick. So when I was standing up, it folded in between my legs and made a little dingy dong looking thing. <laughs> that it was, word. <laughs> it was it was a fucking penis. And so we're ready. Like we're behind schedule. It's time to shoot this scene as the actress. I am a fucking prima donna. Like I'm going to be naked on camera for the first time with a penis. And like, <laughs> I was like having freakouts in my head because I'm like, I can't, I can't put this movie out and feel proud of it. If people are seeing me naked with a penis, like I'm just not going to do that. So I was like having my little prima donna moment, but I'm also the writer and the producer of this film. Oh, so I have to keep my composure, not make a scene about it. Whatever. Did I make a scene? Of course. <laughs> <laughs> so I go to Gregory. He's who's the EP and the director, my partner. And, um, I'm like, I have a fucking penis. Like, I have a penis. I can't go on screen. Then I'm like complaining to the hair and the makeup artist. And I'm like, do you see this thing between my legs? Like, I have a penis. And so to me, the challenge, A, the lesson for that as an actress was like chill with the dramatics. Like, I didn't need to make it such a big scene because in that moment, there was nothing that I could do about it. That was the prosthetic. That was what we had. We had to, you know, producing is all about finding solutions, not coming up with problems. And I'm great with coming up with problems. <laughs> so so I was like, there is no solution. Um, Gregory, my love, came up with the solution. Bless his soul. Um, but that was that was a crazy day for me. And that was a crazy learning experience because. My ego was on the line acting wise. I had to derobe and be naked in front of 20 plus people. And I'm like super self-conscious that I have a little dick in between my legs. <laughs> and then, you know, as a producer, I had to keep my cool and come up with solutions, even though it was Gregory that came up with the solution. Um, and so I was just like, I don't know. That was just a crazy experience for me personally, because it really wrecked my ego and really taught me that. In crazy scenarios on set, like the only thing you can do is breathe and keep your cool. Like if you make a scene, if you try and come up with problems, if you try and make make something more complicated than it is, like it's not going to work out well for you and people aren't going to want to work for you again. Yeah. Um, Because I, I retrospected and I was like, if any actress on set had acted the way that I acted, like I would not probably hire her again. Um, and so that was, I'm so grateful that I could learn that prima donna lesson on my own set. Um, but yeah, that was just like, I don't know. It was crazy because the penis and it was crazy because I was naked and it was just, just the whole thing was just, and it was my first big film that I had written and produced. And I was like worried that I was going to ruin everything. Um, so that in my experience was a very good lesson on keeping your cool, keeping your composure. And even if someone throws a dick at you, you know, even if you suddenly grow a dick, <laughs> you got to just breathe, find the solution and show up and perform and deliver. Um, and I did. I mean, I fucking I delivered. You did. But 
But, but, but uh, in front of and behind the camera. Thank you. Yeah, I mean, if you watch if you watch Play Day back, you you would never know that I was freaking out inside. You know, Honestly, so that was like that was a strong test of my my ability to mask my tears, mask my upsetness, mask my anger towards this prosthetic guy, and just be and deliver. Um, so that was that was a great that was a great great lesson. That's awesome. I, I get that. I totally get that. I mean, the, the being naked and the, the prosthetic and having to produce and everything is like, this is, it's the big debut. Yeah. I totally understand that. It I mean, was the it, big, it's, and it was just like, if I showed pictures like now you'd be like, yeah, that's a penis. Like you, you it looked, <laughs> I honestly, it, I was going to say, I didn't know because didn't, we cropped it out of the film. We had to, uh, we had to hire the guy who did the grab the special effects in post had to fucking figure it out with my uh, lower area. So you wouldn't see now, but had we kept the footage how it was, I would, I would have been premiered at Shriek Fest on this huge theater screen with a penis. It's like not the most glorious moment. I agree though. That is something absolutely to freak out about. Cause then it's suddenly sort of like, you know, people are going to be looking at that. Right. <laughs> and they're like, Oh, so like, it's just something they're not supposed to be thinking about. Like, right. And they're you not know supposed to be. And I was like, this is to me in the moment. I was like, this ruins the whole movie yeah. because instead of people, instead of my character appearing and being kind of like a mystical moment, they're going to go straight down to my crotch and they're going to be like, look at her little dick. And yeah. so, or just like thinking it's like part of the part like, of the oh, story. So like, like, yeah. yeah. Like, Oh, this interdimensional <laughs> being with no nipples and no belly button and a penis. What? what is this? What does it mean? <laughs> right, right. So I, I learned that. a whole, I learned a bunch of lessons from all hats that day. And um, I'm a much better producer and performer because of it. That's an awesome story. Little dick story right there. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so go watch Played In, look at my dick. <laughs> On Amazon. On right Amazon. Now. <laughs> <laughs> it is. And it is great. I loved it. Thank you. Um, and you were, yeah, you were it. great in it too. Yeah, I'm glad you're proud of it. Thank you. That was like, oh man, that was just a great day. And that's a lesson I, I want to mention real quick with Play Day is um, we were so excited. I mean, filmmakers, you're always so excited about every project you do, but we had written, Play Day was essentially a proof of concept for a feature film. And we were so sure, you know, we got into Shriek Fest, which is like people spend their lives trying to get into that festival. It's like yeah. one of the number one horror festivals in the world. And like we we got into Shriek Fest and like we got contacted by these distributors and like we were so sure that Play Day was it because we had put so much energy to, into it and so much money. I mean, even though it was low budget, it was everything we had. And um, it was that this is it. Like, this is the project that's going to put us on the map type yeah. of deal. And we've since done like fucking 15 projects. And so that, you know, I think every filmmaker has to learn that you could put your heart and soul into a project, but do that, release it, and then move on to the next. Don't get hung up for two years on a project because maybe, maybe that's not going to be the one that gets you in the door. And we definitely had to learn that the hard way mm. because we put all our eggs in that basket. And we were so sure that that was the film that was going to put us on the map. And yeah, it got onto Amazon and that's amazing. Um, 
but we've since done so many other things um, and we're so much better than we were when we made play day. So, you know, like, which is saying a lot. Thank you. That really is. I mean, play day is really good. I watch play day now though. And I'm like, Oh, remember when we were beginners? Like <laughs> it's crazy. But so my, my only reason for bringing that up is because I feel like I encounter a lot of filmmakers who put their whole life into a project and think that's what's going to get them in the door. And then mm. when it doesn't, it completely breaks them. And then they question their self-worth and their journey and their career. And it's just like, you know, you just have to know that the right project will stick at the right time and don't put all your eggs in one basket. Ugh. And you are the person to say that. <laughs> you are. You are the person to say that because you are the Renaissance woman. Well, you know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you one last, one last token of uh, inspiration too. I am told oh. every single day. That's actually one of my other big challenges. Not a day goes by that someone doesn't look me in the eye and tell me that I'm doing too much and I need to pick one and I need to stick to one. And I used to let those people implode me. Like I would, I would take those Ugh. grenades and I would dwell on them forever. I'd be like, well, but they, maybe they're right and I should give up. And why am I doing all these things? And I would question my pursuit, you know, and, um, and I still get it every day, every day. You're doing too much. You're doing too much. You're never going to make it. You got to pick one. And now to those people, I say, you know what? You might be able, you might have to pick one, but I don't have to pick one. I can't. Even if I tried to force myself, we were talking about this earlier. If I was like, okay, so if you're just going to be an actor now, I would fucking die because I'd be like, no, I want to write. I want to edit. I want to make the music for that. Like, so for all those people out there who want to do everything themselves, like fuck anyone who tells you you can't because you can. Yes. Yeah. I'm that. Yes. That's exactly what I was thinking when you were saying all that. So yeah, there you go. literally just fuck them. It's, it's, that's, it's still, it's still, uh, it's still a reaction that I haven't completely gotten over. Like it kills me a little inside when people say that. Yeah. Um, but I think that, you know, not everyone can do everything. I will say too, if you want to do everything, you have to actually back it up with the work. Yeah. So if you're going to, if you're going to say you're a writer, producer, director, editor, singer, whatever, you have to actually do all those things and put the work into all those things. Yeah. You can't just get so distracted with thinking you're a million things that you don't actually ever do anything. Yeah. I mean, this podcast has been <laughs> this editing though. It, it sounds like nothing when you listen to it, but. Oh no, um, it takes time. People have, yeah. and that's the thing. I think people get super passionate about their, people get super passionate about their passions. Right. But then when they realize that a lot of work, has to go into it to be successful. Yeah. They get scared and run the other direction. Oh my God. Yeah. Just like exporting it and then hearing it on an iPhone and going, Oh, I need to re-edit all of this. Yeah. Cause it sounds like shit on an iPhone. Right. And you're your own biggest critic too. So yeah. then, then you kind of, that's another thing too, is the only person you have to answer to is yourself, which makes it even harder. Cause like I could, all the music I've ever released this year, I think, I think I've released nine songs so far. Uh, I will listen to all of them still and be like, like that should have been different and that should have been different. Yeah. I think the thing I've heard, I heard a wise piece of advice and it was that a project is never fully done. It's just delivered. Ah, I love that. I love that. Yeah. 
Because oh, as so artists, freeing. you could be like, but I could do this and I could do that and I could make that better. And it comes to a point where you have to just kind of cut it off. Yeah. And sometimes it's like, no, but that draft of it is the best. Right. Like yeah. if you keep whittling at it. Yeah. You know, it will you will destroy it. Yeah. <laughs> the ball of clay will be broken. Right. <laughs> and right. Yeah. Um, that's that's the best. So. Do you. <laughs> Justin's laughing at my face, everyone. <laughs> what am I asking? Wait a minute. Um, uh, ah, yes. Okay. So do you have anything that you're working on right now? Do I? <laughs> do I? Yes. Um, I'll try and keep this concise, but Gregory and I, or Boss Media Group, I should say, we are in the, we are amidst the pitching slash shopping agreement process with two shows right now with two different networks. So um, it's all super, super exciting. Uh, I've never been more excited about my career than I am about these two projects that that we're in the middle of right now. Um, but it's also, it's also very humbling because you think, oh, I write a show and I produce it and I star in it and then I'm going to get those network meetings and then I've reached my end goal, right? But now I'm in that position and I I have a million more end goals now. Mm. And I'm like, wow, this is actually only the beginning of where I want to go. So it's like this never ending, like, when am I going to feel fulfilled and satisfied? Probably fucking never. Um, that's but, great. So yeah, so that's exciting. We're we're hopefully gonna have two shows on networks come 2019, which would be fucking awesome. Um, and then I am working on another album, just my own little side hobby. And then I am in the pre-production phase of shooting another show that I wrote. We're shooting in two weeks, oh. so we're gonna be pitching that to the networks that we're selling these shows to. Hopefully, to be like, hey, you're gonna buy these shows. Look at these shows too. So yeah, we're working on quite a lot right now. That's oh my god. It's been uh, it's been thrilling. I bet. <laughs> That's so exciting. Holy shit. It is exciting. It's crazy. It's it's even like more torture though because it's like the cherry or the the candy that I've been running for is like a foot away from me mm. and I can reach it, but I haven't quite gotten it placed in my hand yet. Does that make mm. sense? So it it's absolutely like does. It's like <laughs> the process and the journey never ends. Yeah. You're never going to have to stop putting in the work and you're never going to have to stop trying to get to the next spot. Um, So just to all you creators out there who think once I get this done, then everything will be complete. That's a false illusion. Doesn't exist. Woo! Hot take. Hot take. No, I I agree. Genius never stops, right? You can't. Yeah. Genius never stops. Um and there's so many creators and there's so many filmmakers and everyone's trying to be the next big thing. So in that sense, you if you want to make it in this industry, you really always have to be five steps ahead of yourself because it's the it's the energizer bunny who doesn't give up that's going to make it at the end of the day. Yes, I love that. Um, and geez, last but not least, uh, do you have any social media channels that you would like to plug 
<laughs> Social media. How many? Thir- uh, 13, 14 of them. Uh. Yeah, right. Well, for this one, I do my editing and then my Instagram. Um, yes. Uh, yes, I have an Instagram uh, that I have as my overall brand with my music and my acting. It's at Sophia Rose Creation. Um, when you follow that Instagram, you'll see I have like other Instagrams that branch off, but those are more just like specialized, like for my diehard fans. And, uh, on YouTube, I'm pretty weird blonde and on Facebook, I'm Sophia Rose and pretty much all my pictures, I'm playing music or making a really funny face in front of the camera. So (laughs) you'll find me. I love it. You are hilarious and talented and driven and it's awesome and it motivates me and I am so grateful to work with you. Um, thank you. Thank you for being here tonight. Thank you for having me. Of course. I can't wait till like we're accepting an Oscar together and then we're going to be like, remember that podcast? Member. 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 Yeah. I hope so. It will happen. And that's our end goal is, you know, pursuing this journey with a team of people that we believe in and that believe in us and getting there as a collective. Um, And in that same note, I want to end this podcast by saying that Hollywood is entering this incredible time where, to be frank, old Hollywood is dying And new Hollywood is birthing and new Hollywood are creators like us and like-minded creatives who are doing this because they have a story to tell and a message to say, and they don't care about the rules or the barriers or the boundaries anymore. And they don't care about white America. They don't care about racism and they don't care about sexism. They want to break all those norms. And I think it is a very, very, very exciting time. And I cannot wait to see how media is going to unfold as our creatives and our communities and like-minded collectives take over. And, and the baton is going to be handed over very soon, I think. 